Welcome to Let's Talk UNLV Student Wellness Takeover at 91.5 KUNV. We're your co-hosts, Karen Jean Charles and Dr. Tanya Crabb. Hey, okay. And today we have Stephanie Hank and Michaela Cooper with us to talk about, what are we talking about? We're talking about relationships. Okay, talking about relationships. So a little bit about relationships real quick. Humans are social creatures. It's extremely difficult to go through life without having some sort of relationship with another human. Kind of impossible if you do that. I'm kind of afraid of you. Um, (laughs) Sometimes relationships can be difficult. We can argue with each other, have different expectations for each other, and generally not see eye to eye. The world also doesn't make it any easier. Societal pressures and worldwide events like COVID-19 can put a damper on relationships that would have otherwise thrived. Relationships can be difficult to navigate, especially when you're young and figuring yourself out. Today, Stephanie Hank and Michaela Hooper are here with us to discuss relationship management. So before we get into any of the questions, can you each like introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Michaela Hooper. Uh, I'm currently the Education and Outreach Coordinator here at UNLV. Just to give a little insight into who we are, because um, a lot of people don't know we exist and that we're here for students. Mm -hmm. So the CARE Center provides advocacy services to those impacted by power-based violence. And our services are available for UNLV, NSC, and CSN students, faculty, and staff. And our office aims to end various forms of violence by engaging with the community through education and programming. Hmm. Cool. Yes. yes. Care awesome. Center is a wonderful resource. Mm-hmm. You Thank know, you. Information and support. Yeah. Should you find yourself in a relationship that is um, a little bit more on the unhealthy side. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that, too, yes. what that means. How about you? And I am Stephanie Hank. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist over at CAPS. Um, So happy to be a staff counselor here. I'm also our group coordinator. Uh, We have a lot of great groups at CAPS that uh, I have the pleasure of coordinating, uh, getting new ideas for, things like that. Well, boot, boot, boot. (laughs) As our relationship person, when I have relationship questions, whether she wants me to or not, (laughs) I'm here for you. I typically come and ask her because she has a lot of knowledge around relationships. Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let's kick this off. Um, COVID, right? COVID. Mm -hmm. Like um, nothing like the pandemic to impact those relationship goals Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people had summer body goals but some people had relationship goals and the pandemic did not necessarily align with those goals so can Mm -hmm. we talk about the ways in which the pandemic has impacted relationships as a general concept and i know there's two different lenses yes i know that there's the 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 healthy relationship lens and then there's a generalized relationship lens so either one of you feel free to go first um and let us know who you are so that we know who we're talking to (laughs) Okay, this is Stephanie, I think maybe from a more generalized lens. Um, With COVID, we were kind of looking at not having the same access to meeting people, needing to find other ways to connect with people that we've already established relationships with, um, maybe kind of reeling back on um, really relying on that support because we were worried people were going through other really stressful situations as well. And so they kind of can't handle my problems or support me in this moment. Um, So it really kept us maybe from connecting in ways that we could have if we were showing up in person and kind of existing in the way that we're, we're used to, right? And so 
people were finding ways to connect through social media, mm-hmm. uh, FaceTime, Zoom, things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, relating to students specifically, really kind of having to grieve this, uh, quote unquote, like normal college experience where you can interact mm-hmm. with other people, make friends, build relationships, find romantic prospects, things like that. Um, and so students I worked with letting them know it's okay to be sad that you had this yeah. idea of what that was going to be like. And now it's super different when you're learning from behind a computer mm-hmm. and you don't have that same campus experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, um, one of the things that was noticeable is that people are having a little bit more difficulty learning how to make those connections. For a lot of people, this is their freshman year. Yeah. You know, this is the yeah. first time they've actually seen other people and had an opportunity to talk to other people. So even in, if your social skills are a little bit awkward or rusty, you know, part of that could be the fact that you haven't had the opportunity to engage. And it's really difficult to read facial cues behind a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, so definitely. So can we talk about the, the other side of it? Yeah. So in, in terms of the population we work with at the care center with interpersonal violence, uh, some of the aspects that we saw of COVID impacting that specific population was actually housing safety. Mm. And so, as you know, with um, COVID as a safety measure to quarantine, um, of course, that was really important for our health Uh, But in the background of that, in terms of those uh, having to be um, in really close spaces constantly with their abuser, Mm. um, that became a really big um, health scare in that sense. And um, it also made it a lot more difficult for folks to uh, get away from their abuser in terms of, um, say, going to your job normally or going to school or having those Mm -hmm. different accesses of um, not having to be at home. That was sort of eliminated with COVID um, during those times. So and it's obviously still existing right now. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And I did read that the domestic violence rates had gone up during COVID Mm. as well as child abuse rates had also gone up during COVID. And a number of people, you know, especially our student population who left certain home situations oftentimes had to return Mm. to those home situations because not only did the the educational environment change, but the financial environment change. So a lot less options for safety and security for people who may have, for whom college might have been an avenue of safety and security. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought up um, like understanding it's not just romantic relationships that could be abusive at home. Mm-hmm. That can obviously translate to family or friends or whoever you're living with um, specifically. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I wanted to ask, because we're talking about COVID, do you think this gap of staying in the house constantly is what do you think that would change like how a generation views relationships in general what do you guys think about that Mm. great question i think definitely (laughs) right it's it's learning how to connect with people in these other ways like we mentioned before maybe relying more heavily on social media or communicating Mm -hmm. over video or text things like that maybe kind of losing some of that sharpness of social skills and also just feeling a lot of anxiety as we kind of like integrate back into this you know more personable in-person kind of way of life um i know that I experienced that, um, mm-hmm. just feeling a little bit awkward in in-person exchanges and kind of having to take a step back and be like, okay, like what are my, what are my general social skills and what does yeah, that look same. like for me? <laughs> yes. And so knowing that it's okay to take that time to adapt back to, you know, what feels a little bit more comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. 
it, awesome. It's so funny because it was dual-sided. So on the one hand, you know, getting used to being around other people and then also recognizing people can't see my smiles through the mask. Yeah. True. And also people can sometimes see my face <laughs> without the mask. <laughs> yes. Because yep. once yes. you started unmasking, now you sort of have to get control of your face again. Right. Reel it in. Mean mugging folks. I was like, I did not mean that. I didn't mean I swear. <laughs> I forgot I didn't have a mask on. <laughs> exactly. So that's social peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, getting used to how to engage with others when you haven't done it for like two plus years is something else, you know? Yeah. It really makes me think about tone because Mm. even that's kind of what people, um, have difficulty navigating in general. Like, I feel like I overtone emails because I'm like, I really want you to know how I'm (laughs) feeling and, or that I'm being positive or whatever. And so I think that can definitely translate with talking more just on social media or, um, other things like that. Yeah. You have to really exaggerate your tone at mm-hmm. least i feel like i have to <laughs> slide an emoji in there right yeah but you can't do that face. when you're talking to people right so mm-hmm. then it kind of comes back to right. too, like tone and body language and all of those things yeah, throw Absolutely. in a meme <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always works <laughs> for sure. or sometimes i mean they're like what i don't get it and then you're just like, you're like um never mind <laughs> right. but like speaking of challenges in this regard um what are some challenges that students face when navigating these relationships um i think just kind of some challenges in general that people have faced um particularly through covid is just meeting people because mm. how do you do that you know we were talking about the college experience how do you how do you meet people yeah. if you're not around campus kind of being able to compare similar interests things like that um again we were talking about maybe that lack of communication skills or the lack lack of sharpness with Mm -hmm. those communication skills. Um, I think for some people, it's also like a fear of creating conflict. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a challenge in relationships. Um, For some people, people being unsure how to set or express their boundaries um, Mm -hmm. and not expressing their own needs within relationships. And also um, maybe having trouble with ideas about how to deepen or strengthen existing relationships. Mm -hmm. And so maybe some just kind of fall by the wayside or fizzle out. um, And, you know, they weren't really sure how to deepen those. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like, Stephanie, you covered that. (laughs) I think. um, (laughs) Period. Yeah, that was. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so it's funny. I, you know, I thank you so much for all that, that was wonderful information. I was hoping Mm -hmm. that you could elaborate on some of the other pieces around navigating relationships safely, because that can be a challenge for folks who may not have had any types of relational issues before, and you're stepping into this new environment, you're meeting a bunch of what are relatively strangers, and you haven't had an opportunity to practice any of these skill sets. Yeah, I think that um, what Stephanie brought up as well around boundaries, Mm. um, learning how to set your own boundaries, I think, translates into healthy relationships specifically, Um, because once you know your own boundaries and you're able to understand them and respect them for yourself, you can identify that in terms of what you're looking for in a relationship or that other person. And so, um, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I could think of. Um, if you could ask the question again, that would be great for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was, a, it was a mouthful. So um, boundaries, which, by the way, y'all know is my favorite B word. 
love, it. I love me some boundaries. Like boundaries Dude. for life. <laughs> I can need a boundaries tattoo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. So, you, you know I'm all about the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about safety in relationships. And one of the things that you mentioned is boundaries. So what are some what are some of the challenges in terms of connecting with others safely that you've noticed? Okay. I guess I could say um, in terms of like the population that we work with, um, I think safety, it does come back down to that um, sort of communication of being online versus in person. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, we all know we don't really know exactly who is online Mm -hmm. and so um it's unfortunate similar to what stephanie said previously about college students having that quote-unquote normal experience of meeting people in person so i definitely think that could be a huge uh safety concern is knowing who you're actually talking to online um and maybe i think again going back to boundaries if you don't know your own boundaries and uh, you don't truly understand them, um, they may be dishonored or not respected by someone. And and that could definitely be unsafe in terms of um, leading into unhealthy or or even abusive relationships. Mm. Disregarding your own sense of safety, disregarding your own sense of self. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of those things where, you know, you see a red flag and you're like, ooh, a butterfly, you know. All right, just I can't yeah. read. I'm not going to look at that. So I'm just going to that. Right, yeah. right. I, I think it's important to pay attention to those feelings of discomfort that show up, mm-hmm. even if you don't quite understand why the feelings are showing up. You know, our emotions are signals that something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah, you for that. That intuition, following your intuition. For sure. Which can be difficult because mm-hmm. um, sometimes you don't know, like, what that gut feeling is, like you said, and you don't know how to follow it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh. I love that you mentioned gut feelings because yeah. I think they can be really, really important. Mm-hmm. And in some situations, like you kind of unlearn your own gut feelings because you're in yeah. externalizing, or internalizing all of these other people's opinions and like kind of have to find that again. But I did want to ask each of you, what are some tips to setting boundaries? Ooh. I think the first tip is to (laughs) assess and ask yourself like what your own boundaries are. Right. Mm -hmm, So before you can set them, you have to know what they are. And so really kind of sitting down with yourself, whether it's with just like a piece of scrap paper or a journal and kind of figuring out boundaries essentially are what is okay and what is not okay with me. Mm -hmm. And so being able to make a list and know those things for yourself and then practice vocalizing them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, even if it's by yourself in the mirror, being able to be confident vocalizing those words. Right on. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that boundaries encompass a whole host of things. There's mm-hmm. boundaries around your time. There's boundaries yes. around your body. There's boundaries around your things. There's boundaries around your space. Yes. So yes. boundaries isn't just about you who can touch me and who can't touch me. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are who gets my energy. Yeah. Uh, who gets my time. Yeah, for sure. You know, who gets to use my things? Who gets to <laughs> take up room in my space? Yeah. So as you make that list, consider all of those things as part of your boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think it's also understanding it's a it's a learning journey like you're there's going to be times going back to your intuition like maybe there was one time that you're like oh I wish I would have said no to going out to get drinks or Mm -hmm. whatever it is and you take that and you have that for the next time and like you said to have build that courage and saying no because um, our society doesn't 
want people to say no. They want. So I love what you said about how they can change, though, because you can add to the list. You can take away from the list. You can modify the wording of your list Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of knowing that through your life in whatever phase you're in, those things might look different. Yeah. Oh, and something else to consider. I know this is relationships like with people. However, (laughs) your relationship with you. Yes. It's the longest relationship you will ever have. True. Mm. So while we're talking about boundaries and, you know, it's important to approach boundaries with self-compassion. Yes. yes. We're not always going to get them right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. We will have to adjust as we learn and we grow and we figure out who we are and what our needs are. Yeah. So today's boundaries may not be tomorrow's boundary. If you had a boundary and you weren't able to hold a boundary, you're not a bad person. Mm-hmm. It's Having an opportunity. Forgiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Self-compassion, self-love, grace yes. around this thing that is learning to be comfortable and understand who you are and what your needs are. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what boundaries are for. They're for you. Because yep. in the long run, um, if you say yes to something and you're feeling really tired, you're going to be feeling really tired the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that fear of disappointing other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Say it loud. Yeah. <laughs> Say it for the people in the back. Say it loud. I think Brene Brown has this really great quote about boundaries, which as soon as I look it up and find it, I will tell you. Yes. <laughs> but it has to do with um, us not well, us accepting that if I set a boundary, it might look like disappointing someone. Mm-hmm. Right. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't set the boundary. Mm-hmm. Correct. And sitting with the uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What are some ways that we can kind of get over that fear of disappointing others? Or if you have any personal experiences, you can share those as well. I think that it really is just being okay with uh, maybe the possibility of disappointing somebody else or letting them down. But really, you have to do that to respect yourself because I think Mm -hmm. the more boundaries you break – Boundaries are kind of a commitment to yourself, right? And the more you break them to yourself, like there's going to be resentment for yourself. There's going to be resentment towards those other people. And Mm -hmm. so in the spirit of keeping those relationships strong, I think like the best thing that you can do is just be honest and vocalize. Um, And so it's just practicing the fact that, okay, I need to do this for me. And I know it's the 100% best thing, but that other person might be disappointed. They might be sad. Mm-hmm. I might be letting them down, um, but I have to be okay with that. Um, I've always considered boundaries to be like love lessons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boundaries help you love me properly. Period. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And if you have good boundaries, it's less resentment in your relationship. So rather than just not taking your phone call, <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know that I don't want to be called during a certain time, mm-hmm. you know, rather than saying yes to a commitment and then being bitter the whole night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just say I don't have the energy or the space for that tonight and and don't do the commitment. So yeah. um, thank you. Of course. I did want to like ask you that yes. same question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I totally. Oh, no, <laughs> that's OK. <laughs> I saw the fingers and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry. About it. Um, I think that um, <laughs> basically to go a little bit more off of um, just what I was like thinking after uh, hearing Stephanie and us talking about this specifically, mm-hmm. I think it's also really like meeting yourself where you're at. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't realize that having boundaries is also a privilege mm-hmm. because 
there are not, it's not always a safe environment to have boundaries or it's not always a safe relationship Mm -hmm. to have boundaries. And so um, I think personally for me, it really was a lot of that self-forgiveness of like, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have not done that and not dishonored myself. But honoring myself when I do do that or feeling really proud of myself when I do set those boundaries. And I'm like, you know what? You didn't do it a few times. That's okay. But I'm really proud of like me talking to myself. I'm really proud of you that you did it at this time, you know, like, so in terms of, yeah, I think setting boundaries is meeting yourself where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love that idea of celebrating the successes too. Yes. Because it feels good. Yeah. It does. You made a great point about boundaries look different in different circumstances. Absolutely. And when we need to remember that our boundaries aren't someone else's. Right. Because we we don't have to live in that experience because boundaries can look different. Mm -hmm. You know, a boundary for someone else might just be I don't respond versus I tell them something Mm -hmm. because safety has to be part of it, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's it also comes to like empathy. Like -hmm. you said, understanding that, you know, my boundaries look different than someone else. And like you said, maybe. Um, not taking it super personally if someone doesn't respond as fast or mm-hmm. that could be a boundary of like, I need to put my phone down and I need time to myself. Yeah. That's yes. really, that's kind of making me think about accepting boundaries as well. Right. Like sometimes when people are like telling us and we think, you know, we're we're good at this, you know, we, we love boundaries. And then someone tells us, hey, I'm not cool with that. And then trying not to be disappointed, trying not to feel some type of way. I think that's really important conversation too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's acknowledging that in yourself. Dish it out, but can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> right, you're like, hold Gotta on. Gotta be able to take it too. Yeah, so mm, when, so true. when you sure. don't get that automatic response or someone isn't like, I am and you right back, that mm. might be a boundary that they're set for themselves. I have a number of people who have like do not disturb on their phone. Yeah. So I know that after a certain time, they're just not taking phone calls mm-hmm. and not being upset because someone's not immediately responding to your beck and call. Mm-hmm. Yes. You yeah. know, I think that's super important, you know, and if we can have boundaries, so can other people. Mm-hmm. Right. If everyone had boundaries, there would be world peace. <laughs> Facts. I'm overgeneralizing. <laughs> But I did want to ask about um, what are some factors that affect social behaviors? Let's like get to other stuff. I think things like your upbringing have a really big effect on that as well. So like Mm -hmm. what was your social environment uh, growing up? Were you left to have independent time a lot? Were Mm -hmm. you uh, brought into social situation or encouraged to socialize by your parents? Was your family really social? Um, Things like the ways that you interact with technology. If you spend a lot of time with your nose in your phone, Mm. uh, Instagram, Facebook, (laughs) TikTok, things like that, um, it's going to affect me. Maybe how much you're socializing, how much you want to socialize, things like that. Um, Self-esteem can have a really big impact Mm, on social behaviors, Um, just the social skills that we learn, right? Like what did we learn from that time, those really crucial periods um, in our childhood and adolescence? Mm. Um, And also, again, kind of bringing it back to you now that um, people are in person a little bit more during you know this whole COVID experience, it's the fear of being out of practice or uh, the fear of engaging with people because maybe we're not doing it right or we're afraid of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you talked about that. A lot of it, I think, 
is like rooted in fear and mm-hmm. um, just also understanding the current like states that we live in and yeah. Yeah. in our environment, it makes a huge impact on communication, social skills. Um, I really like that you brought up like fear because I think um, that leads talking to more about like anxiety. Um, I noticed for myself, like coming out of, well, in the middle of this pandemic, my social battery, I feel mm. like I have, I feel like I have to do certain things or I'm wondering how I'm looking or fidgeting or things like that. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I don't know how to keep a conversation up as long. I feel you. Yeah. Like you I have love to that you mentioned social battery yeah. because mine looks so different now mm-hmm. than it did pre-COVID. Yeah. I was like always talking, talk, 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 mm-hmm. talk, talk. Now I'm just like, Listen. I need a recharge. Need to plug myself in. Yeah. Like between Zoom, I'm on television more than Real Housewives. Like I am forever in front of a screen, right. forever exactly. in somebody's face. Like I it's it's you know, it's you were always on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're always on. And depending on your role, you're always on. Yeah. So it is possible for your social battery to get depleted. It's also possible that as Stephanie pointed out. It could be part of um, your general personality style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone's an extrovert, though. We're living in a world where we want everybody to be an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, some people really struggle with with social anxiety and that's a real life thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some people struggle with general anxiety that just happens all to involve their social lives mm-hmm. <laughs> as a general concept. So. Sure. And for a lot of people, we we're out of practice. Yeah, yeah. So that social battery part is so real. I, mm-hmm. Like, if I wish they had meters, so when you walked up to somebody, you looked in their forehead, you're like, "Oh, not now." I'm yeah, like, oh, I see. Red? I see you're blinking. I see you're blinking. I'll come back for you. Right. Be nice. It's on E. Okay. Okay. Exactly. And like go the, recharge. And like the real yeah. E too, not the E that you think you can drive five more miles. Oh no, oh, you're done. You're stopped on the highway. Like yeah. the blinking. Don't push those boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. So what are some tips for individuals struggling with making connections with others? Oh, I love this question. Mm-hmm. I think one she of wrote it. one of my um, <laughs> biggest points of feedback would be to have an open mind about what you're saying yes to and also the kind of ways that you might meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, so using your resources. I know we talked about a safety aspect to some of the um, – ways to make connections online and so obviously like practicing safety in that but apps websites where you can meet people based on common interests um, mm-hmm. and that doesn't go just for romantic relationships that's friends um, also maybe relying a little bit on support from an outgoing friend maybe mm-hmm. kind of tagging along seeing how they're interacting with people maybe yeah. they're able to introduce you to others things like that um, and also just getting out saying yes to activities I think mm-hmm. when you are invited paying attention to your boundaries but also you know okay if I am energized and I have no reason to say no to going to this gathering or this dinner or whatever it is. Say yes. Yeah. You never know what's going to come out of that. So, mm-hmm. for Your sure. year of yes. <laughs> yeah. year yes. Of yes. So I'm going to toss this last question to you. <laughs> um, what's one thing a student can do this week to improve their relationship skills? Yeah, I think that, um, oh, I think just going back to like boundaries mm-hmm. for me, I think 
just knowing your own boundaries and um, and t- I think actually going a little bit more off of what Stephanie said in terms of like challenging yourself a little bit and we don't want to disrespect our boundaries but um, maybe looking a little bit more at challenging yourself in talking to someone random at a coffee shop okay. or you it's, know okay yeah maybe send that text that you were worried okay. about okay. sending okay. okay i like it i like it i like it mm-hmm. boundaries with flair yeah, <laughs> add a little bit of spice yes okay. a little bit of sparkle i love so. that Thank you, thank you, thank you um, once again for joining us at 91.5 KUND. I want to give the guests a special round of applause. Thank you for coming through and sharing your relationship information with us. If you're part of the UNLV community and you need to talk to someone, attend a mental health workshop or start your therapy journal, journey. (laughs) Journals are good too. Journal too. (laughs) Call CAPS at 702-895-3627 or email us at caps at unlv.edu. You can also visit the CAPS website for more information at unlv.edu CAPS. This was Less Talk, UNLV Student Wellness Takeover, what, what, what? at 91.5 <laughs> KUNV. I'm Karen Jean Charles. And I'm Dr. Tanya Crabb. And we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> for more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast. Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast.